0: Battling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me
1: is Derek Special. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Well, I'm excited that you have m- new cheese balls. Yeah. New cheese balls in the studio. That's always a good day. Costco has the big
0: buckets on again mm-hmm. of cheese balls yep. that will take us a month and a half yep. to e-
1: eat. And tonight's beer, uh, the beer of the session, is a, is a nice Ontario Honey Lager. Mm-hmm. Collective Arts Trail Loop Honey Lager. It's very good. Out of Hamilton. Mhm. art by Gosia Gomorski. I'll believe you <laughs> collective arts is a beer that's made in Ontario and different artists put their their artwork on the labels yeah nice tasting beer Mhm. yeah I'll drink it uh, it was free too for me so <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink that but it's nice like how many times we get a beer that is like oh that one was a big mistake it's nice when you get a nice one yeah, there's some beers. I would go outside and get a
0: glass of water from a mud puddle, <laughs> and I'd get that glass of beer, and I'd drink the mud puddle. Yeah, this is much better. Yeah, it tastes so much better. Yeah. But there's other days where I'll drink the beer and leave the mud puddle. <laughs> Today's one of those days. Yes. We had to go, Derek. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye on that one. Uh what do we got? Well, we're back from a trip. Yes. Tracy Took Athena on another camping trip, canoe trip into the backcountry. Went up to uh, Tamagami on uh, Obabaka again for four days. No, five days, four nights. Yeah. Oh, it just, it's weird leaving on a Thursday and coming back on a Monday.
1: Oh, yeah, I know, right?
0: Right? Because you're sitting there, oh, yeah, yeah, we went for the weekend. Well, we did. I actually did more. It was a long weekend. and We yeah. even went longer than the long <laughs> weekend, and it just seems like forever. How come you're on all these five-day trips? How much vacation do you get? Well, it's all about optimizing your holidays, yes. right? If you can add two days to a long weekend, mm-hmm. that's a five-day trip all the Exactly.
1: A However,
0: where we went takes us about eight hours to drive up there. Yes. So yes. We, we <laughs> left at five. We should We should have left a lot earlier, but we left at five in the morning. And it took us eight hours to get there. It took us seven to get back. Hmm. Somebody was speeding. I don't know who it was, but apparently at least (laughs) a little bit over the speed limit to make a, to shave an hour off. Yeah. So next time I know, go faster. It'll only take us six
1: hours to
0: get back.
1: But that was like my trip. When we, when we went north, I filled up the tank. We went north and... I ran out of gas, like, on the way, like, to a gas station after the trip. And when I got gas in Mattawa, that gas got me home and a week of driving to and from work. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know where the extra gas got burned up. Maybe somebody siphoned someone in my car. I don't know. Maybe. That, that, it's that dirt road. It's, the dirt road is... Oh, it really, it really, uh, takes 40 kilometers dirt road to get into Brent, 40 kilometers. Oh, luxury. (laughs) I'll tell you about our
0: 20 kilometers. Ten, if you're, if you're, you know, uh, yeah. So yeah, we, we hit the road about five o'clock in the morning. Uh, first six hours are good. The last two are on bone-jarring rock roads. Oh, yeah. To say they're logging roads would be an insult to logging roads. <laughs> uh, by the time we got, even coming out, by the time we got onto the smoother roads, yep. I could feel my kidneys. Oh, yeah. were just felt like they were bruised yeah. in, your, in your abdomen from all of a sudden catching your tensing breath. Like, and yeah. Yeah. All that tensing up on those. But. Uh, no, we made it up to Tomogamy. We were there early afternoon, and we always go to uh, see Alex Mathias up there. He's a native elder that uh, looks after the land up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, their family's been on it for generations, right? And so we go up there and, and uh, chat with him and visit with him and that, and he lets us park our vehicle there, and then we That's head good. out on our trips yeah. from there. And We usually make make time to – well, we usually go for changing of the season ceremony, which yep. is – this weekend coming so we'll go up there we'll spend a day with them or whatever and then we'll head out and do a canoe trip and then get back for the friday and then saturday's the changing of the seasons and then we come back the sunday drive home
1: but not this year
0: not this year we've got a a wedding to go to apparently and uh (laughs) you couldn't wiggle out of it i cannot wiggle out of that one if i did then i might as well like (laughs) <laughs> Not bother coming home. <laughs> it's one of those ones. Sometimes you just gotta take one for the team and keep the keep the happiness in the house. Athena, um, we figured something out. This was her first backcountry, right? Uh, second, huh. yeah. We figured something out because I always put the seats down because she likes to look out the windows, but she doesn't relax. She doesn't rest in the vehicle if the window if she, if the seats down and she's on the seat. But we put the seats up because our back seats in our truck fold up. Mm-hmm. So she could sit and still see out the window or she could lay down Yeah, on the floor. Mm-hmm. She preferred to lay on the floor. Than there the, you go. The, So she had a great drive up. <laughs> we got up there. Totally forgot Alex has a chicken coop. Oh. Somebody saw chickens for the first <laughs>
1: time. What did she, she think of that?
0: She is fascinated with birds. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, when we're taking a walk, like, she'll stop and sit down and watch birds fly by. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's a, rabbits, she'll just sit and watch and give a little chase, or squirrel, she'll do that, but there's something about birds that she'll just watch them fly overhead and stuff.
1: Maybe she'll grow up to be a pilot. Ah, uh,
0: As long as she's not growing up to be, <laughs> um, yeah, my dog just killed one of your chickens, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed with birds, so... Hmm. But yeah, we we stayed with Alex for a little bit and uh, went. then we loaded up the canoe and headed on down the lake, uh, found our campsite and set up camp for the day and, or yeah. for the week, I guess. We saw like three garter snakes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've I've well, seen a, I've you know, seen you a see, few this year you too. You see one on your site and then maybe the next trip mm-hmm. you see one. And But yeah, we saw three in like two days. We saw
1: some on our trip
0: too. It could have been the same, but probably not. Yeah. 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 We saw those two that were on the one point we, yep. were, we were checking out. Uh, Athena had a blast running around, sniffing, exploring up and down the beach, in and out of the water, chased a squirrel up a tree, <laughs> and it was just like screaming at her, screeching down. Yeah. An eagle flew out of our sight. There were two eagles we saw over the weekend.
1: Like bald-headed eagles.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, I didn't get a good look at what they were wearing on their heads, but they could have been bald. <laughs> so yeah, two of them. Um... And it looked like they have, we figured there's a nest up behind the site we were on Mm -hmm. way back a ways uh, because both of them headed that way, one right after the other. So we figured it's got to be up there. And of course, you know, she's out on the beach and she sees these things going and she just stops and starts watching these big birds. Hmm. I'm thinking, what happens if one of those eagles comes down, (laughs) tries to scoop her up? I think she's too big. Yeah, but, you know, they might come down for just a little yeah. looky-loo yeah. and yeah. then all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> 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 she saw, uh, there was a bunch of mergansers, a little flotilla oh, yeah, that yeah, went yeah. zipping yeah. by and they were coming by nicely and then she ran down and we were waiting for her to start swimming because they were maybe 10 feet offshore mm-hmm. when they came around the rocks and saw us there. Yeah. But they were still going by and then Athena showed up. I was waiting for her to zip out into the water after yeah. them, right? Cause they all of a sudden turned tail and took off, just took off across mm-hmm. the water sort of thing. I was waiting for her to go. <laughs> and what do you do? <laughs> Come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't too much. Like I say, it was, we didn't do too much. The rest of that day it was just set up camp and relax. We got a fire going at seven 30. It was a nice night just to sit enjoy the peace and quiet. And the full moon mm-hmm. was the full moon that night. A blue moon came up around 9 o'clock. Because yeah. the blue moon's the moon that happens when there's two Twice, twice two in a month. one month. Yeah, so there was a, a blue moon there. Uh, saw that come right up. And, and it was and, a super moon. I don't know what it makes it so super. They say it makes it, it looks bigger.
1: Yeah, well, it's 17,500 kilometers closer to Earth than normal, on its normal uh, trajectory.
0: I don't know. It didn't look more than 14,000 kilometers closer, and- <laughs> if you ask me. But, I mean, and
1: Saturn was in alignment, too. Yeah, it was up so there. So Saturn's up there, right next to the moon. Yeah, and it yeah. looked pretty
0: big. Yeah, if you had a telescope, you could mm-hmm. see well, those rings. I, like I d- really good. I didn't
1: get a pair of binoculars out, but I was told that if you look at it with binoculars, that it's close enough to Earth during this rotation that uh, that you could see the rings.
0: Yeah. Uh, years ago, we got the. I hooked my camera up to a telescope I've got. Okay. And uh, took a couple of pictures, and you could actually see the rings. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Temperatures started going down in the evenings. Yes, evening, yep. Starting getting chilly. Athena was shivering. Oh. <laughs> Don't let her go swimming oh, in yeah. the evening yeah. when the temperature's going down. Mm-hmm. She just goes running. She's learned to pee in the water. Oh. She'll be sitting there and then she'll run and she'll just be walking through the water all of a sudden and stop, pee, then keep on going. <laughs> I, I have like, to
1: drink that water. Ooh, <laughs> why are you doing that right there? <laughs> weird.
0: It's, it'd be weird if it was once or twice, yeah. but no. Every time it was like no, not every time, but yeah, lots.
1: Now so have to be more selective where no, you scoop up be your more filtered yeah. water. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, temperature started going down, so we noticed she was shivering a bit. So I just mm-hmm. threw my one jacket over her and she, yeah, till she dried off. And after that, like we went in the tent there, and she was fine all night. Twelve loons floated by. Oh,
1: yeah? Yeah. Uh, Twelve well, like, loons. Like separate times, not a group? No, altogether. A group of 12. Really? Yeah. I didn't oh, think it they gets gathered. Better. I didn't think they gathered like that. September. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So we were talking to Alex the last time we were up there because across the lake you saw a bunch of loons and a bunch of seagulls. Yeah. So what happens is the big lake trout and stuff down deep, Chase up the herring, which chase up something else, which then the loons start scooping and scare them, and then the seagulls swoop down and get the remains sort of thing. So it all starts with the lake trout at the bottom pushing everything up. Mm -hmm. These shoals of fish, right, come shooting up, and the loons get in on the action. So if you want to go fishing... Just find out where that thing is and try to get ahead of them.
1: Yeah, so go find the seagulls and loons and and you're going to see the fish, big fish coming up.
0: Yeah, hopefully you're not going to catch a seagull or a loon. Yeah, exactly, eh? That would suck. Yes. Uh, So yeah, they went by and then, yeah, uh, the mergansers went by again and we just sat there by the fire relaxing. Watching all kinds of wildlife. The the birds go by and the noises and Hmm. the moon and called it a night. Wow. Day two is up at 8 a.m. And I did some black. And, I've been getting back into black and white photography. Okay. Um, I mean, it's great for architecture and stuff, but I'm trying to do some more black and white landscape stuff and whatnot. So I haven't, I I've really put my photography on hold for about five years now. Okay. Which is, I mean, you look around all the pictures all around mm-hmm. us here. Right. Uh, so yeah, I said, yeah, I got to get back into the swing of this. It's good outlet for a creativity outlet. Uh, the sun and the fog were up. So I was doing some fancy dancy, different stuff like that. Let yeah. Tracy sleep an extra while. But again, it was an early, easy, relaxing morning. Nothing big. A giant V of geese flew over. Oh. And you know how they're usually the noisy? Season. Yeah. Quiet. Oh. No honking, no nothing. And they were just above, uh, I was going to say street level, uh, tree level. Yeah and all you heard was the whoosh whoosh, yeah, the wings. whoosh of all the wings hmm. and there was probably a good 50 or so wow geese and all you hear was this like swishing in unison yeah. whoosh 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 Neat. whoosh That was really cool huh. and yeah there was no honking no nothing yeah so yeah they're they're uh, heading south there and um we went out for a paddle we ended up paddling a little ways uh, up the uh, wakimika river check out some stuff Saw some birds, bugs, frogs, saw a muskrat. Oh, cool. Yeah, trees like, is that something swimming over there? And I'm looking, I think, oh, it looks like a log. And then all of a sudden it started going again. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that, that, that log's alive. That log is swimming. we <laughs> <laughs> got some pretty good logs up here. <laughs> uh, saw the mergansers again. <laughs> they travel. Yeah. They're like everywhere. They do their rounds. Yeah. Uh, coming back, the wind was in our faces. There was white calves. And we, we learned that. Last time, and we never pay attention. If you want to go exploring, go before noon. Because mm-hmm. between noon and one, the winds start. Yeah. We will never learn that. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> oh, well, let's just take it easy this morning and we'll go this afternoon. Yeah. Oops. Should have got up early and gone out first. Mm-hmm. No, no, why would we do that? Uh But, you know, we get back for some afternoon hammock and photo time. I did some more photos and stuff. I put a couple things on a rock, flat rock, changed my lens, get things set up before I took my other lens and put it back in my case. Between me setting up my thing and putting my lens in the case, a big gust of wind came up, blew a whole bunch of stuff, including my Ugh. one SLR lens right into the lake. Hmm. I was not happy. Nothing's like that. In all my years of doing photography, I've never had that issue where I've dropped a lens. Uh, So basically what I did when I got back, I was, you know, ticked off. Mm -hmm. But I just dried it off as fast as I could, made sure there was no water inside. Then, uh, yeah, sort of opened it up a bit and let it sit there and... Between the warm air and the breeze coming yep. through, sort of let it dry out. So all the fogginess that happened disappeared And on the inside. I can see there's a bit of a mark on the inside. I'm hoping that I can just take the lens pen and, yeah. and wipe that off. Hopefully maybe it's little, not on the other side where the water was. of grass was or, was or like dirt or something. That. Yeah, so hopefully that's all it is. But otherwise, man. <laughs> anyway, it happens. Yep. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I did some photo and hammock time and evening fire after our our dinner and we were sitting there. There's nothing like sitting under a tarp as the thunder and lightning. Oh, you got
1: some rain, did you?
0: We did not. Oh. We were sitting there on the beach and Tracy says, I saw a flash up there to the northeast of us. Hmm. And we watched as a lightning storm to the northeast, kept going east. Huh. We watched, we had the full light show, but no, we couldn't hear the thunder. Yeah.
1: Too far away. And there
0: was no rain. Is just this, like just on the other side of mm-hmm. the hills was this really cool lightning storm. Neat. Cool for us because yeah. it wasn't yeah, happening you to us. Yeah, you weren't getting wet. We weren't getting wet. So <laughs> yeah, we, we sat there and watched that for a while. Uh, the moon came out but clouds had rolled in so it sort of gave it that spooky yeah, yeah, yeah. spooky feel with the line of clouds in front of the the moon and that sort of stuff. Did some some photos. And uh Miss little Miss uh eagle eyes and whatnot can apparently see and hear really well in well. the dark chasing toads and this really tiny mouse. We have no clue how she even saw it hmm. in the dark. Yeah. But all of a sudden, boom! She's on this mouse and yeah. chase because the mice run in under the rocks of the fire pit. fire pit. Yeah. So she's just staring at that. So it's like, okay, yeah, you get away from that fire. But even big toads, she's just hmm. all of a sudden, boom! Yeah. If you're going and we've had the issue before where Tracy's up on the Thunderbox, yeah, at night, and there's noises in the bushes, <laughs> and it turns out to be a toad or something like yeah. that. Well, if you're going to the Thunderbox, day or night, Athena follows, (laughs) and she will sit there while you do your business. I'm here to protect you. Right? (laughs) Go ahead. Do your business. I'll keep an eye out. That's awesome. (laughs) It's like, where's the dog? She's up here watching me pee. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, we just did the relaxing thing around the fire until it went out and called it a day. Day three again, nice relaxing day. I uh, did a bunch of lake time with Athena, tossing the ball, and she's got these toys and stuff like that. Loons, depending on which um, count you believe, the first time I counted, there was 52. Mm-hmm. The second time I counted, there was 55. The third time was 56. Hmm. So depending on if some were dying a lot of there. loons
1: in one spot. All at once. I've only ever seen like the most I've seen at once is two.
0: Yeah, we saw we saw all those and the other thing was there was a s- little group of them who Yeah. all started doing this big circle. Hmm. And they're making noise like we're thinking there's going to be some sort of gang fight or something, <laughs> right? Uh, they're making all the, the the noises and the calling and the and what and then all of a sudden I mean, I'm talking like 25 loons all at once, dove straight down. Oh. It's this massive splash. That's something? And they all... You know how whales do the bubble circles? Just chase fish. Yeah. And, and it, it herds them all, and then mm-hmm. they come straight up under with their mouths wide open and get all yeah. the, the fish and that sort of deal. I swear it's the exact same thing Ooh. except from above. Yeah. And then all these
1: loons... Dive, something. Straight down to get all the bait fish. And I suppose they're gathering together because they're going to migrate too. Well, I asked Alex about that because that's what
0: I was told was that they all gather to fly south. But he Mm -hmm. goes, no, they don't fly in flocks. Hmm. They fly in pairs. So if they're gathering, it's not so that they can all go at once because that doesn't happen.
1: Hmm. Maybe the loons are doing so, changes in seasons as well.
0: Maybe they are just they just know they got to get that last little bit and mm-hmm. before they go and they all get together yeah. to help each other out and then go their separate
1: ways. Don't huh. know. Weird things, man. Animals can be weird. Yeah. Socializing their babies to, we're going to fly south soon, let's meet all your relatives. Yeah. And there's, there's
0: there was one, Tracy was calling him Herb. Uh, he was just sort of like an outsider. Sort of, we were thinking maybe he was a <laughs> lone one that hadn't learned to fly like a young one. Oh, okay. Hadn't learned to fly and all that yet mm-hmm. because then all of a sudden he would just be there by himself. All the rest of the loons were gone hmm. and he's just sitting there <laughs> making that little, yeah. little cooing mm-hmm. call. And, uh, but yeah, by the time we left, they were all gone. So, um, um that's a lot of loons. in spot. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It was huge. Just watching them all. Like you can't even get them all into one photo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You had to do a couple of photos. It was just like <laughs> eh, Cool. Well, wow. uh, we decided, you know, again, once the, just before the winds picked up that we would uh, cross the lake and go up the, uh, up to the north end of the lake to the, there's the spirit forest up there and uh, it's an old growth forest, pine okay. and stuff. And, uh, there's three trees called the three sisters, big, big pines, like really tall ones. So we went and checked those out and met a few people and, and a couple of dogs on the portage and, uh, just chit-chatted with people. Yep. And, Someone got, one guy was there and, um, he had been there, came all the way up of Obabaka earlier in the day, but was doing the, the walking trail through there and got before it. he headed yeah. north and other couple were just doing a, you know, going through sort of deal to do a little day trip sort of thing. And other people were, were coming by and they were, one of them was, uh, yeah, we're like a day behind schedule. So we're supposed <laughs> to be out Sunday, but it won't be till Monday. <laughs> You know what every so often that happens especially yeah. when you're dealing with winds and waves and yeah yeah, yeah. And get windbound on a big lake or something uh, the one thing I will say is when it's coming to Athena in the boat um, she sits in front of me in the canoe right mm-hmm. and because I did that when was getting her trained there because that way if she starts back and forth or whatever I, can, I got control over right there and now she jumps in she the, the mount up dismount is commands nice. perfect. And she'll get there and she'll sit. So her weight is over center, you know, like Mm -hmm. she's either dead center or her butt sitting on the left side and her front feet are on the right side. So everything's evening out. And then eventually she'll just plop herself down and (laughs) lay down and she's high enough where she can put her chin on the gunnel or something like that and have a snooze or lift her head straight up and look around and
1: turning into a great trip. Oh, dog.
0: she's yeah, especially when you're dealing with big um, white caps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, the front end is going hammered, you know, mm-hmm. just slamming down and uh yeah, she's turning into a really good canoe dog that way. So we're really happy with that. Uh Alex has a dog, mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And amic likes to bark at everybody and everything that goes by. Protects the property. He's, yep. a, he's an alert dog. And so he came out when we were, we were going over to his, their place at the end and, um, was barking and Athena went, hello. And before I could say dismount, I'm like, no, you don't go. No. But I, well, there's a dog there, dad. So <laughs> you don't matter anymore. <laughs> and out she went. We, it was shallow water. Yeah. But I would hate to think of if there was a drop off at yeah, the end yeah. of his dock because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would not have been zip. That wouldn't have been as good for her. <laughs> Hey, but, uh, it's deep here, <laughs> but you know what? Like I say, I mean, when she's in the canoe and she's following ninety-nine percent of the the commands, yeah, I'm I'm putting that as a winner, winner, yeah. chicken dinner sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, we met a few people and chatted with some people. And there's a big ceremonial site up there that they usually do cots at the the changing of the seasons. Uh, so we checked that out. Tracy's never been. It's really nice, big. Um, rock site, and yeah. big flat rocks right out on the water and everything. It's a really nice site. And yeah, we headed back in the big wind and the waves and took a nice little nap in the hammock. <laughs> you know, it's just nice to do that. I watched the Eagles fly over again and, uh, you listen to, sometimes people will go by in a boat or somebody will go by in a yeah. canoe, you know, whatever. And, uh, so just relax. Had the after dinner fire again and Athena had her first proper meal. This is day three. So she when she work, when she's at home, we put food down for her in the morning. Yeah. But she usually doesn't eat it till like five, five thirty at night. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, even then doesn't eat the whole bowl. Um so Thursday when we got up there, we put the food down. She didn't eat it. Friday, she sort of half ate some and then saturday she finally ate
1: a full meal. a full bowl
0: <laughs> but I, and we're we're sort of thinking well when i go up there i didn't eat anything the first night
1: yeah you but just I, exactly yeah, yeah i had
0: something the second night and really wasn't hungry the third night yeah. you know uh so i gotta think maybe she's
1: doing the same, doing thing. The same yeah. sort of
0: thing um but we're seeing that she's doing it maybe she might be time for change her food she's getting bored with it or so oh, okay our old dog did the same sort of thing so we change it into something healthy, mm-hmm. a different brand sort of thing with different flavors or whatever yeah. and wean her from one to the other and she, um, hopefully she'll be good but uh, yeah you get concerned with how much she's running around and then yeah she's quite eating. active uh, yeah. very active right uh so then we decided you know what uh, a bit peckish because what do you do at 8 30 at night when you're peckish in the backcountry you get out your reflector oven and Pillsbury dough <laughs> and you, there, we get the Pillsbury dough tube that you yep. slice into yeah, we do the same cookies thing. and put them in your pan and we do the parchment paper. What I do is I get two pieces of parchment paper and we have a round eight inch cake pan. Yeah. So I put the one thing of cookies in the parchment paper and when they're done, I just lift the parchment paper out, put it to the side to cool off take the other parchment paper that has five more cookies and Mm -hmm. set it to go. (laughs) And then those first batch of cookies, cool. I put them on a plate, put the remaining batch of cookies into that parchment paper, and then again, switch over. Yeah, assembly line. Yeah, it's a little assembly line thingy there. And we ended up 14 cookies, Mm -hmm. uh, seven for me, seven for Trace. (laughs) (laughs) We ate those and we finished them. Uh, the moon, which was just past full at that point, uh, it came up bright, uh, orange and the Northern lights came out. Nice. Right. Someone looks weird with those clouds over there. And then I noticed they were shifting and Ooh, hmm. that's the Northern lights. And, um, some people were showing pictures. They had like red and green. Yeah. Mine came out like red, yellow, orange. Okay. I think I don't think I got any green. Hmm. Yeah, but I, th- I was wondering if the moon maybe had an effect on that. So I got to get them off my camera and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I did some time-lapse photos of the stars and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and that was pretty much it. When the fire went out and uh, called it a night. Athena also has her pad in the tent. Okay. She stays right on it all the time. She knows that's her sleep spot. Hmm. And yeah, it just uh, jumps right into there. And in the middle of the night, if you get up in the middle of the night to go for a pee... She follows. I don't know what it is, but apparently with this dog, you're not allowed to pee on your own. I
1: must protect you.
0: I must protect you while you be. Uh, Day four. I figured I'm getting up early and I'm going to go catch me a trout for dinner. I was on the water just after eight. I was back at camp at nine (laughs) with a nice twenty. And one quarter inch lake trout, and it nice. was a big one. It was it was nice. So, I clean the trout. Got a little fire going because all I was going to do is bake. So, I just usually put uh, a little bit of lemon pepper on the inside of the trout. Yeah, I, you know, cut the head off, cut the tail fins, and clean all the gunk out from the inside. And, mm-hmm. uh, pat it dry, and put some um, lemon pepper spice on the inside. Then I wrap it in tin foil and put it on the grill over the fire. Yeah, Nothing special, nothing. So you want to taste the fish, right? Yeah. And so we got the fire going. I cleaned the trout, had her, just about to wrap it in tin foil and that. And uh, Alex decided to pay us a visit. Nice. Jumped in his boat, came around to see how we were doing and what was, whatnot. And uh so, yeah, come on up. We're going to cook fish. And so I already ate breakfast and now well, come on up anyway have a chit chat. So we did. And there's another uh, person we've met. Uh, her name is Sonia. She does some um, solo trips. So she'll come up a week early, do a solo trip like we were doing, mm-hmm. and then ends up at Alex's place for the change, change of the season Jack. ceremony. So she knew where we were. So she came around for a visit as well. And I said, hey, grab a piece of uh, floor here and we'll get you a plate with some fish when it's done. <laughs> and so, yeah, four of us had that one fish. And there was a little bit left over for the dog yeah she loves trout apparently (laughs)
1: uh
0: but yeah i i just baked you know one side and flipped it over the other side and then you put it on its back because there's all that fat chunk of meat yeah you know and you want to make sure it's cooked in that and i always cook it so that it just flakes off the bone Mm -hmm. and because you don't want to overcook it either no um but yeah so i really and i'm sitting there looking at alex who's been Eating fish like this for thirty five or seventy five years, yeah. right? His entire life. I'm thinking, oh I know it's gonna be half raw inside. But no, just pulled it out and the, you know, you're holding up the ribs and the yeah. backbone and whatnot. Perfectly done. Nice. It was really nice tasting fish. Um so that was breakfast. Or in <laughs> I guess Alex's case it was second breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh but that was pretty good. And then yeah, once they uh, they headed out we just Relaxed for a while, puttered about camp before we started to pack up. Uh, Mid afternoon, we watched the eagles flying around again, and and we uh, loaded up the canoe and headed back up to Alex's place. Uh, we were just going to spend the night there. We we're going to throw the uh, the tent on his beach and camp the one night before packing up and heading out. And uh, we ended up chatting with him and uh, his daughter and and uh, son-in-law. There were, um, they were there, so we were just chit-chatting and cut darker and Mike McHugh. From uh, Friends of Tawagami. Yep. He showed up. Nice. uh, Because he's up for the week to help Al get stuff ready. And uh, so we chit chat with him. Next thing you know, it's like kind of late. He's uh, Alex uh, has a couple of cabins there. Okay. So, you know, I jump into the cabin for the night. Use that instead of setting up your tent. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, smart thing would have been to set up the tent and everything first. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we just get to chit chat. And yeah. Um, had a couple of beers and talking about different stuff about the lake and stuff and uh, next thing you know it's like two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not setting up the tent now <laughs> uh, spent the morning next morning day five packing up and ch- chatting and stuff so when we were getting ready to go um stuff in the house is packed athena know something's happening because mm-hmm. why we got all the camping gear here? going here right I open up the garage door and she's sitting at the front door watching. So we have that goal post for the back of the truck. It yes. fits in our, um, where we, where our hitch goes into, mm-hmm. but it looks like, you know, a giant letter Y with a bar across and yep. that we put the back of the canoe on that. And then we have our regular roof rack on the, on the cab of the truck. The minute I brought that out, that goal <laughs> post out, uh, it's uh Yakima. Yeah. I brought that out from the garage and put it in the truck. She was going mental, <laughs> just nuts. It's a trip. She knew exactly what was going on. So the day we packed up from Alex's, uh, we were I getting everything all in the truck all ready to go pe- Everything packed in there and then went down, got the canoe, put it on the truck. Boom. She was in that truck ready to go because <laughs> she knew, Oh, canoes on the truck we're going somewhere yeah. well yes you should have known we're going home okay, <laughs> we came here with it on it means we're going home with it on so you're a bit too much of a hurry but uh, no she was all ready to go and uh, yeah we said all our goodbyes and had a really good week and uh, only seven hours to get home yeah yeah couldn't believe that great extra long weekend and uh, you know what like I mean we could have gone and done a whole bunch of portages and do a loop or something like that but it's it's nice just to just to relax, just to relax, and you know, um, just to to sit there, enjoy being in nature, out of the city. Yes. You know, enjoy each other's company, and I mean that's one of the things. Is that Tracy goes one way, and like sometimes our schedules don't match, so you don't really get a big time to just sit down and talk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you're just sitting there around the fire and ch- chat about this, that, and the other thing, yep. and, you know, having, you know, ketchup sort of deal, so that's really nice to do, and Athena is really getting the hang of this canoe tripping thing. Yeah, she's, that's I awesome. I think she's enjoying it more than we are. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, she just goes Look, out there. Everything's an adventure, right? Has an absolute blast, so, yeah, it was it was really good to get up into Tamagami and uh, you saw Lake. a
1: lot of wildlife, I'm like, I'm amazed that you saw so much. Yeah, we didn't see any, like, big, the
0: big mammals and all that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody wants to see the moose, the deers, yeah. the bears, all that sort of stuff, and there are lynx in the area. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a couple times that Athena perked her head up, mm-hmm. and again did the looking like there's yeah. something there. Something
1: there, I just don't know what.
0: And you know, lynx are pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. They're going to avoid you anyway. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe they're because I know Alex. They've gotten pictures of them walking through the the property, like yeah. past the cabins, yeah. of thing, right? And uh, maybe going to go check out the chickens.
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to see the big ones, but I'm happy with seeing the birds and, and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Right? So, especially a couple of eagles, that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and you get the ravens and all that too, right? Yeah. Any any animals, just being able to see them. Yeah. I, I Very prefer. awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and then unfortunately, we had to come home. Yes. Yeah. Back to work. Till next time. Sigh. (laughs) Oh, yes. Till next time. Uh, What else we got here this week? Hmm. Uh, We're going to do a whole bunch of listener email stuff. Oh, are we? We are. Uh, I'll accept one thing. So one of our listeners, Chad, had sent this little thing, said you might want to check this out. And we like this because... If it gets people out on the water and stuff like that, we're happy with it. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Blue Way will have eight water trails connecting the various forms of recreation with with various branches in the city's harbor. Uh, The city skyline viewed from the water, paddling alongside historic ships, floating wetlands, getting a selfie with Mr. Trash Wheel. And all that by paddling less than one mile from the spot, um, said Adam Lindquist, vice president of the Healthy Harbor Initiative of the Waterfront Partnership. And that's in Baltimore. Leading a convoy of non motorized watercraft through the inner harbor to unveil plans for the new Blue Way, Mayor Brandon Scott, a Baltimore native, who grew up knowing better than to test the waters tainted by pollution, and that's—I mean—you hear that in a lot of cities. Yeah, you know, you don't want to go in that water because it's polluted. And we talked about that one with the big snapping turtle. Oh yeah, the guys yeah, yeah. saw and it's just, yeah. that just proved the waters are getting less and less polluted. And mm-hmm. All these these things are coming back. Things are starting to come back, right? Uh, he says, "I remember what it used to be like." We would come down here and there would be nothing but floating trash. Hmm. In the last five years, the mayor says the city has reduced sewage overflows that reached the harbor by 97%. Wow. That's, that's huge. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pumping new life into recreational opportunities there. He says, I saw jellies. I saw fish. He says, we saw things that we want to see continuously coming back and one day, one day we'll be able to swim in the harbour. Not most days, but every day of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what you want. Why have this great mm-hmm. thing in the city if you can't use it, right? Uh, so right now there are no launch sites within five miles of the inner harbour, but that will change this spring when they plan on opening one at Rashfield Park and another in Canton. A dozen such access points in both the inner harbour and middle branch are envisioned with the goal of adding more places to load and unload, along with creating much needed parking. And that's the other thing as well. It goes hand in hand, unfortunately. Yeah. You can have all the boat launches, but if you don't know <laughs> where to park your car, right? Yeah. Uh, with such an increase in recreational paddlers over the past few years, it's great to see these big cities starting to do this. And this isn't the first city to do it, but it's really nice, you know, to see the benefit of creating access for, for paddlers.
1: I think a lot of cities are realizing that, you know, with, with the path, path, Past practices with, uh, with the littering and when with sewage, open sewage going into the waterways, mm-hmm. uh, like I know, like out when I lived out west, Victoria was had a program on to clean up, and I know Halifax had a big program there. You know they're do starting to treat all sewage instead of dumping it into the ocean, and and so it's uh, I think a lot of cities are realizing it's like we have a resource here we should be caring for, right, right, and honestly, if you can get people out on the water, mm-hmm. then.
0: They're not demanding you build them a new rec center.
1: Yeah, they don't need a new stadium, rec center, or soccer right? field, whatever.
0: Yeah, get them out on the water. Mm-hmm. Let them enjoy it. Build that for them, right? Because yep. people are doing that. Uh, a benefit is that they have to clean up the environment to make sure the water is clean so people can use it. So realistically, it's a winner-winner chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, people benefit, environment benefits, and uh, the city benefits.
1: Well, think about... Uh now I yeah. it I haven't heard it this year, but say five years ago it was it was constant. It was beaches all along the Lake Ontario waterfront oh, closed yeah. down. E. coli blooms yeah. and this that the other thing. Yeah. It's like yeah, and it was like you know all beaches closed and it's like, what are we doing? How are we how is it so messy?
0: Yeah, hmm.
1: it's disgusting. But geese hey. don't help. But you know it's also yeah, like human, it's human like waste. There's a lot help. of human waste.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chad, thanks for uh, sending us that one.
1: Yeah, we appreciate these yeah. vendors.
0: Uh, Travis, he sent us an email. It says he lives on the east coast in Maine and heads north for the good paddling. All right. <laughs> uh, he's interested in what kind of gear we use when it comes to paddles, canoes, and packs. He's getting back into tripping. He used to do it, but now he's getting back into it. Yeah. So, for canoes... I have a Swift Swift Prospector 16. I mean, it's an all-around great canoe, tandem or solo. Like I, I was saying there, I went out fishing the other morning and I just sit in the back seat facing mm-hmm. forward and I can paddle that thing solo. Um, if it's getting too windy, you want definitely want some weight in the front. So yes. just yeah. grab a dry bag, fill it with water. Or I've throw, done that. I've thrown yeah. a log in the front. I've mm-hmm. thrown a rock in the front. <laughs> you know, uh, Throw a dog in the front. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, it carries a lot of weight, so it's a great boat for canoe tripping. Um, you know, it, it's all around. Uh, I also have a Swift Osprey solo canoe. I don't think they make the Swift Osprey anymore. I'm pretty sure they don't. I don't know. Cause I, that, I think everything went to those, uh, the pack boats when mm-hmm. they started doing that so they can sit lower and stuff. But night, light, nice lightweight canoe for solo trips. Uh, when you know your, you know, your portages are going to be long, hilly and rocky, it's nice to have, that <laughs> yes, oh yeah, lightweight one. Only drawback I've ever noticed with this is my Osprey likes to turn into the wind. Oh yeah. So if I, you know, I mean, if you want to cut those the the waves because you're trying to head that way, you mm-hmm. know, like at a 45 degree angle or something like that, yeah. you're trying to cut the winds or the, the the waves and the wind. It wants to turn right into that wind, hmm. so it becomes a bit of a a hassle. And I know a lot of people will. Oh, just get yourself a kayak paddle. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's it's a good way to get your uh, your paddling skills. That's yeah. for sure. So, yeah. so those are my two main uh, canoes that I, I use. And I've,
1: I've got uh, yeah. it's it's getting on twenty years now. I've got a Holy Cow canoe. Uh, are they in Acton? Wherever they are, they're in Ontario. Holy Cow canoe mm-hmm. company. I've had that fourteen footer since two thousand and four. I think. And, uh, so it's been, it's the basically the daily driver for the family. But now that the kids are older and getting bigger, we've the last three years, we've rented, uh, three seater canoes. And, uh, so I'm contemplating buying a three seater, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of money. So, uh, it's cheaper just to rent for now. Well, we just noticed Swift. Yes, you were telling me about that. Canoe Kayak is having a. Don't tell people. Don't tell people. This weekend. (laughs) But they don't have any 18 foot six uh, Kevlar fusion boats on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, up on their Georgia Bay store there.
0: They've got a. a clearance sale, mm-hmm. so like they got getting rid of some of their old rentals. And yes, stuff. yeah. But we were looking at those eighteen six uh, foot six. Uh, I think this was Cuyaden. Yeah, thirty five hundred um, bucks. That's 30, not too bad of a price, and that's got a third seat in it too. Mm-hmm. Yes, so thirty five hundred bucks. They're regularly five grand. Right. They're going. They're used. But they're going for mm-hmm. for for thirty five hundred bucks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I get, I have a second canoe. It's, uh, this one is more, I'm sort of, I, I want to redo it. It's a cedar canvas. It's a 19th, f- built in 1952 in Peterborough, Ontario. It's a cedar paneling, cedar strip with, uh, canvas. And so it's a, it's a really old canoe. And, uh, but I don't really use it much occasionally. I'll give you 20 bucks for it. <laughs> 30. And, uh, 50 is my final uh, option. I also get a backcountry custom, uh, kayak.
0: Oh yeah, the skin on Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: by John Boblik. Yeah. So I've got one of those. So those are my boats. Uh,
0: paddles. My main paddle is a beaver tail paddle. I don't even know who makes it. Uh, I've had it forever. Um, it's a heavy duty one. It takes a beating, keeps on going. It must be at least twenty. At least twenty years oh, yeah. old now. It's heavy <laughs> wood, uh, and there's like a six inch crack going right up the middle (laughs) from the bottom but it's it's not your favorite canoe yeah it's 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 my favorite my favorite paddle um it great for rivers Mm -hmm. i bounce that thing off of rocks and logs (laughs) and bottom and all that sort of stuff uh yeah if that thing ever goes i don't know if i'll ever be able to find another one like it yeah right and i've also got my custom hunter and harris otter tail that i use for deeper water very lightweight yeah um and, yeah, I use that for deeper water because I don't want to be bashing that off of anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I say, it's a custom one and all that sort of deal. So, but, yeah, those are my only two main... I mean, I got some, like, Canadian Tire brand. Yeah, In yeah. In a pinch, I'll, those I'll are use the, Those are
1: it, the spare paddles. Something, okay, I'm going to get into a sketchy section here. I'm going to use that crappy paddle. Yeah,
0: because if it breaks, I don't care. Yeah. I'll just go <laughs> buy another one for 20 bucks down the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: I, I think the ones sometimes... One of the ones
0: I think we got are... Ones they sell people for their power boats. That cause oh. you should have a paddle yeah. in it just in case. It's
1: basically a twenty dollars disposable paddle. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those
0: are those are my two main paddles.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, I've got most of the ones that I enjoy using are the are beaver tails. Uh, I don't really have any. I don't. I don't have any whitewater paddles. I always just get rentals and stuff when yeah. I go on trips like that. But uh, yeah, beaver tails, I had this I had this beautiful cedar and pine and whatever what it was who, who made it wasn't Badger. It was uh it was a company like that. It might have been Badger. Might have been Badger. I'm not sure. But anyways, it was like super light. It's the lightest paddle I've ever had. But then a couple of years ago, it snapped right in half. It was super lightweight. So it was. A, I should have been the book. So now it's half as heavy as it used to be. <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. So I was very sad to see that break.
0: You know what? It took me forever to go out and get a custom lightweight mm-hmm. paddle. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful paddle to 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 use, but the prices.
1: I know. Yeah. You know,
0: I I get very frugal with. Certain items (laughs) like I love that paddle, but I can't pay 300 bucks for a paddle, and that's the so. And when people are talking, I mean, you are getting these conversations about carbon fiber. I'm never gonna buy one of those. I'm just like, I never buy one of those. No, no, I'm I'm good with what I got. Imagine you
1: break it, how bad you'd feel. Oh, right? I would be so ticked off, like as it is, that cedar one was easily 200 plus mm-hmm. and i snapped it in half and it's like no yeah because uh, you're not going to go buy another one no no I'm no, not. No. so i i do have a bent shaft that that i like but uh i've no- knocked it on a rock one too many times so the 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 uh the blade tip with uh, the epoxy whatever it's split a little bit so now i've retired it because i don't want to i don't want to get any worse so i want to re-epoxy it or something but uh i i'm i'm very rough on paddles very very well, like rough. I say, on dude,
0: I should show you my. Well, you saw my paddle mm-hmm. when we did our, oh, yeah. our trip this yeah. summer. Yeah. Like, I could probably fight a bear with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know it, it. It's and it would still keep on going. Mm-hmm.
1: So.
0: <laughs> uh, dry bags and barrels. Um, I have a hundred and fifteen liter SeaLine pack. I don't know if they make them anymore. I see Eureka has the same sort I keep looking for deal. them.
1: I've seen your pack, and I keep looking for that pack because I want it. that wanted. at Mountain Equipment Co-op years mm-hmm. ago. So I've, I've had, oh, I must be on my fourth or fifth Eureka pack. They don't last very long. They're nice. Yeah. They're, they're somewhat stretchy. You can get stuff into them, into and out of them they're really waterproof. easy. waterproof. Until they're not. Yeah. And uh, so mine is not right now. It's got enough holes in it that I... I've got one tiny hole, <laughs> and I've got a big square
0: of black... Yeah, duct tape on it. It's been there for probably six (laughs) years. That one, it still works.
1: I keep trying to patch them, but the tape just always falls (laughs) off. But yeah, Yeah. so I'm 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 in the. I've got a. I don't know what brand it is, but it's like a seal line pack. But it's tall and skinny. It's really hard to pack. I don't like it. Yeah, I like my 115 liter because I have not been able to find the 115 mm -hmm. liter sea line it's hard to find a decent pack that you enjoy yeah that's waterproof there's a lot of other nice ones like what the one kevin callan had the austral he was selling it was nice pack
0: yeah tracy's got one of those yeah but they're not waterproof no so we had to go and get her that internal bag Mm -hmm. which is waterproof yeah but trying to pack it's tough oh yeah good lord it's i i invent a couple of swear words when i was packing that you know because you pack it right one time yeah awesome this is gonna be great we got all everything in here go on your trip and day two when you're supposed to move to a new lake trying to pack that right yeah. again yeah. Yeah, ain't happening ain't happenin'. i need a second bag yeah but that sea line's been my my go-to pack for years um I do pack stuff in smaller dry bags and then put them inside the pack for organizational purposes, right? So like I'll have all my kitchen stuff in a dry bag or something Mm -hmm. and then I can put that in. I got my clothes in the bag. That goes in. I got, you know, food bag that goes in. Yeah. Uh, first aid kit that goes. So everything's like, so I can just grab a bag. Yeah. And I don't know why I've never done this before till this weekend. All my rain gear, I usually just pack on the top or something like that. that's what I do too. I actually just put it in a bag, a zip or a a dry bag. Mm-hmm. So all Tracy's rain gear, all my rain gear, squished it down tightly into a bag and yeah. then stuck it on top. Yeah. Rather than there's your there's your your jacket, there's your pants. There's yeah. my there's my pants. Why would I not just put that?
1: <laughs> Except for weight purposes. Yeah.
0: You know now now you got that the weight of an extra dry bag. Yeah. But whatever.
1: I always packed them loose on top because I thought, yeah. well, these are good. Last go in because if I get caught in the rain, I need to reach in and grab it really quick. Well, see, and what I did was I left them in that dry bag mm-hmm. and then I could
0: just lay that. If it looks like rain, I just lay the dry bag on top of our gear. Yeah. So then I just unclip it and pull our stuff yeah. out. And it's not, you know, well, wind blows, it's there not, goes your pants. Yeah, everything's everywhere. Right? That sort of yeah. deal, so... it just takes a little bit longer for things to soak in. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And I also have two barrels. Uh, One's a bigger Eureka barrel. I've had that for years as well. Uh, And it's got the harness on it. And I bring that for longer trips with more people. Yes. Because I can stick more stuff in. If somebody's got something extra, there's room in there for that. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, you know, it maybe helps out somebody else. So instead of bringing a full extra pack each, yeah, We combine into one, so you end mm-hmm. up with two big packs and a barrel <laughs> sort of deal. I also have a smaller barrel, um, which if we're going for, you know, five days or something like that, that's our kitchen barrel. Okay, so yeah. our food's in there yeah. and yeah. the dog food's in there. We put in some like cups and plates and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff in there, little doodads and whatnot goes into there. And it's just an easy, lightweight small, yeah. small barrel. Right. Uh, and then I have my Pelican case for my camera gear.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's a big extra weight. Like I, I, I do a lot of photography just on my phone. Yeah. Uh, I used to bring a camera years ago and then I kind of got out of it, but it's, it's that extra pack that you have to keep secure. You have to keep dry. You have to keep clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I, I never got in the habit of carrying a lot of camera gear, but that's your, you have a, you have a, hobby or you do photography so mine is just casual photography
0: it's surprising the amount of stuff i take on my phone mm-hmm. and i think that's part of the reason i ended up stop bringing my camera gear but it's just like you know what i'm losing it's, it on all that yeah. extra stuff i enjoy so that's yeah. why i started bringing it again mm-hmm. I, and yeah i used to how I don't know how I haven't been bitten in the butt all these years with getting the camera soaked. Mm-hmm. I never had waterproof cases and everything for my yeah. SLRs and oh, okay. and all that. It's just throw into a camera bag and mm-hmm. hope for the best. If it, if it rains, put it in a garbage bag over it. Yeah. Right. That's how I've always done it. And so <laughs> I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to go buy a Pelican case and cut out all the holes and yeah. everything fits in there. Sort of deal. And that's what it is. Um, and if I'm base camping, I'll also bring a smaller backpack for day tripping. Yes. Right. So yeah, yeah if if we're on if we're doing a, a big route, I don't need the day back. No.
1: Right. Base camping though, like you need if you're going up for a trip somewhere you gotta well you get a first aid kit, a flashlight, some fire starter, some matches, some Lunch. snacks and water yeah. and water filter and yeah. you know, all the stuff that you might need during the day while you're doing right. something. Right.
0: So that's that's perfect for, for the day tripping uh backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's, that's it.
1: It's always nice to have a decent tarp, a decent tarp that like, I, I always have a spare tarp with me. It's really high quality. It's like a nine by 12 and it's just like it, I can just whip it out if you are on a portage starts to rain or, or whatever. Right. So yeah. it's, it's always nice to have an extra tarp.
0: Uh, if it starts to rain, I just put my canoe upside down against a tree and stand under it. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't <laughs> rain too long because yeah, yeah. you know then you're going to want to sit. Uh, so uh, Travis, I hope that answers some of your questions. And uh, yeah, if you're up this way paddling, let us know. We'll see if we can hook up or something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave this one for last. I think. What's that? That one. Uh, uh, Clint actually just sent me this one today. I wasn't aware of this because you know I've been out of town. Uh, after more than 50 years, iconic Minneapolis paddle sports and outdoors retailer, Midwest Mountaineering, announced it's closing its
1: doors. I never heard about them. Oh, yeah. yeah. But in Minneapolis, if, you, uh, if you're if you in the outdoors, then you would have known about of these people. So Midwest
0: Mountaineering owner, Rod Johnson, uh, made the decision after a few years of slacking sales. I mean pandemic and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Uh, he's announced his plans to close the store this October. Uh, he's seen sales decline for the past seven years as consumer shopping styles have changed. Increased expenses and competition from manufacturers selling direct and big box stores like REI and Dick Sporting Goods. The margins simply aren't there anymore. And that's a problem with like a one-off store, unless you're a chain yeah. sort of thing you need to be making a lot of money. So uh, he says, a lot of our customers are over 50 and uh, were our customers back 40 years ago, he says. We've tried to get a lot of younger people more into the outdoors, but you're competing with busy schedules the younger people have and screen time. Oh, yeah. Online sales is huge. So I wonder why they don't just continue online. I guess if... You're going to get a Winona canoe. You can just go right to Winona instead of them, Mm -hmm. right? Closing marks the end of an era for one of Paddle Sport's longest running paddling stores. So Midwest Mountaineering was one of the truly exceptional indie outdoor stores in North America, says Bill Cooper of uh, Winona Canoes. Every department had a curated selection of products their staff understood and most often used themselves. Here you which go. Which is perfect. That's if what If your staff losing. uses that, mm-hmm. then they can tell you, yeah, this is really good. You can buy that one, but it's going to cut out within a year. You might want to spend the extra 20 bucks and get this one. Yeah. If they're using those products themselves, that yeah. really, you know. They have a uh, trust thing. Yeah, their product spectrum in most categories covered users' expectations from intro to evangelist, and the paddle sports department was no exception. Store was an early partner with Winona and later current designs. From iconic staff and the best brands available for over half a century, they shared their passions, expertise, and advice. Store and staff embodied their longtime tagline Ask Us, We've Been There. Hmm. And that's exactly it. You don't want somebody trying to sell you a canoe that's never paddled before.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And right.
0: unfortunately, there there's a lot of that that happens in these big box stores. Right. So uh, Johnson told his 40 employees, which is down from a peak of about a hundred in wow. the store's heyday. So they yeah they downsized 60 s- staff. Uh, he's uh, said you know told him his plans to to, to close, as well as holding a going-out-of-business sale through October 8th, liquidating nearly $2 million of outdoor gear and apparel. He plans to market his four buildings that are home to Midwest Mountaineering to apartment developers. Oh, there you go. Plans to start a non-profit focused on people being nice to one another. Hmm. Midwest Mountaineering started in 1970 when Johnson hitchhiked to California and came home with a backpack full of climbing gear and sold it all in just seven days. He continued selling miscellaneous gear from his home and the Isles of Minnesota Rovers meetings under the shingle The Johnson Company till moving his business in 1971 and officially opened Midwest Mountaineering. Uh, He added tents, cross-country skis, uh, whitewater kayaks and bicycles, to his lineup, and in 1976 he moved his operation to Minneapolis's West Bank. 1981 he added thrifty outfitters selling seconds and closeouts upstairs, and in 85 he launched the Great Minnesota Canoe Event in a local fairgrounds, drawing such speakers as Cliff Jacobson, Verlin Kruger, and more. Soon added a Winterfest Expo, later hosting both events in a big top tent under uh, behind his store. Very cool. Right? And that's that's the big thing now, I think. A lot of winter campers we know, mm-hmm. they hit all the thrift stores. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Looking for Wool stuff, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the selling seconds and stuff like that is... It's huge. I, I don't think it's a, a good enough tapped market.
1: No. And it's... I, I think for the most part when you go looking it's like you occasionally will find something. There's not yeah. a lot of it out there and it's really neat when you do find it. It's uh usually it's somebody selling they're they're downsizing and they're getting rid of stuff out of a storage unit or something and dad died. You know, yeah, and here's all this stuff. Here's yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, throughout it all, he continues
0: sticking with what Midwest Mountaineering did best, offering best possible advice, technical expertise, and the best gear and clothing for outdoor adventurers. Under the slogans, Ask Us, We've Been There, and Sharing Passion for the Outdoors. Hmm. 50 years. Oh, more than 50 years. Yeah. That's huge.
1: And, uh, like I say, unfortunately, it's... Uh, it's the way things it's are the going. Way things like things are going these days with the way online sales, Amazon. You know, everybody was anti Amazon early on, but I think what COVID did is that made it okay to do that online shopping again, right? Because it was everybody was being encouraged to go to the storefronts and you know you know support your local stores, and and suddenly COVID comes along and it's like, well, all the rules are out now. It's
0: yeah. Well, you know, like I say, the amount of Boxes that end up coming to our house once COVID hit. I know, right? It was phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, stop buying stuff. <laughs> it's too easy now. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Clint, for sending that article our way. Uh, it's, it's unfortunately sad to hear that kind of news, but wave of the future sort of thing, I'm thinking.
1: Exactly. About. Yeah. Uh,
0: the last thing I've got here um, is. Sent to us by Mike. Michael sent us stuff before. He's been a listener for I think he's been a listener pretty much from the get-go. Um, he sent me this one. Whoops. Whoopsie. Uh, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, Canadian Rangers participated in an exercise called Southern Cross 2023 in Australia. 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 Uh, They had the opportunity to participate in a very popular local tradition, the Henley-on-Todd Regatta, which is the only dry river regatta in the world. Huh? Canadian Rangers, along with Northwest Mobile Force, uh, Norforce, counterparts, competed in events and represented the unit with their B-boat, named after Canadian singer Justin Bieber. (laughs) So... You're you're asking me, how do you find these things, right? Well, now I've got help. Thanks, Michael. Uh, The annual boat race takes place in the heart of the Australian outback, yet not a single drop of water is in sight. Instead, participants race their boats on the dry riverbed of the Todd River in Alice Springs. Participants make their boats from metal frames, and the rowers run their boats in races through the sand, like wow. the, flintstone the Flintstone cars. <laughs> right? So picture yeah, a flintstone yeah, yeah. car, but a boat. This exciting event is open to both individuals and teams with the option to either construct their own boats or use ones provided. I'd buy I'd use one of theirs because I wouldn't want to destroy destroy my own bottomless <laughs> yeah, boat. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, witness the amuse- amusement and merriment as rational people navigate <laughs> bottomless kayaks, Oxford tubs, rowing eights, and yachts through the rough sand. I got to think this is an event where there is copious amounts of alcohol consumed. <laughs> and the more there's consumed, yeah. the better it is. Yeah. This is a am thinking. Because if you try to get eight people... That have been imbibing to be coordinated. (laughs) Not happening. Not only is this event entertaining, it's the primary fundraiser for Rotary Clubs in Alice Springs, having raised over $1.7 million throughout its 59-year history. Reg Smith was the creator of the Henley on Todd, a unique madcap event which had its inaugural regatta in December 1962. So not only... Well, I guess that's summer down there for them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was going to say, not only is it not in water, <laughs> but it's not in summer. But yeah, down there, it's It's different. their summer. Earlier that year, members of the Rotary Club of Alice Springs met for a picnic at 16 Mile Creek, where over a few beers, surprise, surprise, <laughs> they discussed ways to raise money for charity. Reg came up with the idea of holding a waterless regatta on the dry bed of the Todd River. Okay, what about the boats? Do we tow them or push them? Neither, Reg said. We cut the bottoms out and carry them. That's hilarious. And a tradition was born. 1962, huh? Hats off to Reg Smith. (laughs) That's hilarious. Right?
1: (laughs) See, it's not only me that finds these. Well, look, and they got uh, they got a group of Canadian Rangers going down there too to be part of the uh, the 2023 race,
0: right? I mean, they were down there for something else, but to get them to do this, yeah, these yeah. Canadian Rangers, That's right? That's uh, yeah, that was that was pretty <laughs> pretty funny. But that that'd be something if I was, I'd do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd probably die of heat exhaustion oh, know, or right? stroke or yeah. whatever. But <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, beers disgusted over beers, of course. Yes. But, yeah, how funny would that be? Just watch it. And you know there's got to be alcohol involved. Yeah, yeah. And the more there is, the
1: better it's going to be. I'm just be. visualizing like a Flintstone cartoon with your feet sticking out of the bottom of the car. But in this case, it's a canoe with the bottom missing. Right? <laughs>
0: Maybe what we do is we start scoping the rivers for trashed canoes. Yeah. And make a whole shipment down. hmm Well, Swift is sending some boats down to Australia. We anyway, just throw a couple extras <laughs> in there. They're only half the weight because yeah. the bottom's missing. Yeah. <laughs> or we just get some real ones and just yeah. draw circles, cut holes here. <laughs> cut out. Cut along <laughs> dotted line, yeah. right? Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Michael, for sending us that one. Yes, we appreciate it. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got this week. at we that! another over-hour show. hmm Wow. Uh, you got anything else? I don't. Really? Oh, yes. Kevin Callan called us nasty names. Did he? I had a chit-chat with Kevin Callen. Okay. And he's going to listen to this one. <laughs> 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 hey, Kevin, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> so, apparently, we made fun of him a while back on a show because we were talking about cooking in the back country oh, when yeah, he yeah. goes on his trips uh we always see all these meals everybody's made. like Tim Foley from yeah. Canadian Outdoor yeah. um uh, Canadian Outdoor equipment he's he makes these meals and stuff like that and we never see Kevin no. making a meal. It's like well, but he's and he's like I wrote a cookbook. <laughs> said, Doesn't matter. You're not cooking. <laughs> I have a I have a lasagna recipe. Doesn't mean I can cook a lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, he makes these meals, but nobody, nobody films him making the meals. Yeah, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he says now I got to go out and film me making this fabulous yeah. meal.
1: I forgot that he had that cookbook. Right? What's so it I, called?
0: Kevin Cooks, or I can't remember what it's called. Tracy's got it. Yeah, yeah, but it's upstairs in the kitchen where it would be. Right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, he's got his cookbook and everything, but he's never. And, and, you know, here I am boiling water. Here I am ripping open the package, <laughs> opening, pouring the water in, stirring, sealing, wait 18 minutes. <laughs> and there you have yeah. you have risotto. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I that made, doesn't count. I made a lovely risotto tonight. Yeah, teenage. OTG meals do not count. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we had a little bit of a, a joke there, chit chatting. <laughs> No, I've never seen you cook anything Kevin yeah. so uh, I want to see this video of something really good that, yeah, that yeah, you've made yeah, yeah. <laughs> and back country not at a car camping site with your big jet boiled double burner yeah exactly which, to be back country it's got to be back country over the fire you know maybe do a dessert too like in the reflector oven like cinnamon buns yep. or cookies <laughs> that sort of deal uh, we're, we're we're waiting for that video Kevin mm-hmm. we'll up wait. your game up your game we'll wait yeah <laughs> yeah. I want to see it.
1: <laughs>
0: uh Kevin's a great guy. Love chatting with Kevin. Uh, other than that, that's all
1: I've got this week. Uh, you got anything going on this week? No, it's, uh, I'm still plugging away at work. Oh, I yeah, need to retire. Everybody's,
0: everybody's oh, f- let me tell you. It gets, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to, I get that when I, when you get back from like a five, seven, five to seven
1: day trip. need a vacation to get, Hey, yeah. how was your trip?
0: Um makes it harder and harder to come back I here know, every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Makes me question my choices to come back to work. Right?
0: Ah, oh, well. You know, need the money to mortgages, <laughs> cars, yeah. kids. Yeah. If I knew then what I know now. <laughs> I'd be living out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, other than that, that's about it. So if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream all our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share them with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean
1: Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.